afternoon, wherever you are in the world, welcome to the show. This is the Millennial Millionaire Podcast, and I am your host, Stephen Cohen. This podcast is focused on bringing some of the wisest minds from across the globe to discuss concepts, strategies, and ideals that will lead them to be top performers in their respective industries and their lives. This show is for the millennials and millennials at heart to transcend their mindset, their health, and their income to the next level. We are so excited to have you on this journey with us. Welcome to the show. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to the show, guys. Super special episode today. First off, thank you guys for always tuning in and showing love. But today is a special day because it is the first day in our new studio. So super excited. Big power moves moving forward. We're going to have some different production and uh, just really excited about the quality that we're going to be bringing to you guys. But More so, today we have a super special guest. We have Mr. Michael Unbroken himself. Michael is a serial entrepreneur. He has his own podcast, Top 10 Podcast, globally currently 700 episodes. He is a best-selling author. He has the Think Unbroken brand. He is a business partner with Grant Cardone and honestly, one of the most powerful stories I've heard in a really long time. So, Michael, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Dude, it's an honor. I'm stoked to be uh, guest number one in here. It's dope in here. Yeah, man. Super excited to have you. Uh, fresh start, fresh guest. And uh, yeah, man, it was really cool. We were mutual uh, friends with Dave. Uh, I believe we're both a client of his. We met uh, mm-hmm. about a month ago at a uh, VIB dinner. And, you know, just from meeting you, you were super personable, super high energy. And uh, I just knew you'd be a good fit for the show, man. Thanks, dude. Uh, you know, I, I think so much of life is like being in the room and showing up. And I, I think people don't really appreciate that for what it is. 100%, man. Showing up's half the battle. So you have your brand, Think Unbroken. Talk to us. What is Unbroken? Obviously, it's your brand. It's your your last name. What is Think Unbroken? Yeah, you know, it's life. I mean, I got it tattooed on my knuckles, man. You know what I That's mean? That's sick. I take it seriously. Well, you know, for, for me, it was the short of it, and we can go as deep as you want to, but uh, you know, growing up, being a, a child of massive trauma and abuse, I mean, when I was four years old, my mother cut off my right index finger, right? I mean, I've had... Five skin grafts, multiple surgeries. She was a drug addict, alcoholic, stepfather, super abusive. You know, this dude was six foot four, 220, like my size, beating up a seven year old. You know, so it's like, imagine that world. That's what I come from. Deeply homeless and in poverty as a kid. I lived with 30 different families from eight to 12. And by the time I was 12, I started doing drugs. At 13, started getting drunk. At 15, got kicked out of school. And I was out running the streets breaking in houses, still in cars, getting shot at by the cops, hurting people. Like, it was some movie shit, man. And all of my life, all I ever heard was, you're broken, you're a loser, you suck, no wonder you never met your real dad, blah, blah, blah. You know, all the chaos that you hear in environments like that. Plus, it's, like, reinforced in my own home, right, with the immense amount of abuse that I went through physically, mentally, emotionally, and verbally from my own parents. Fast forward... I'm like 30 years old and I'd just gone through this breakup with this girl and I'd been in the process of the healing journey for about five years at this point and she had not done any of the work and she was like, you know what, you're broken. And I remember being like, man, fuck this. This is not me. This is not my life. I've heard this 10,000 times, Stephen, right? And for whatever reason that night as I'm laying in bed, I'm like, you know what, that's not me, that's not who I am, that's not what I think. And man, it was literally like a light bulb moment, 3 a.m., laying in bed. I was like, I know what I'm supposed to do with the rest of my life. Mm. And we're heading into eight years now. 
Mm. That's powerful, man. It's crazy because, you know, this is episode 18. I've had some awesome guests on here. And it's usually the turn is when there's some type of traumatic event. There's some type of event, circumstance, situation where the individual is just sick and tired and sick and tired and makes a decision that, hey, maybe I've lived my life the last half of my life this way and I consciously decide to live the second half of my life this way. And once they make that decision, they're able to move forward as a different individual and ultimately get different results. Where do you think that comes from? Does that come from enough pain? Does that come from enough inspiration where, especially in your own story, coming from so much challenges and so much adversity, what is that thing that human beings need to really make that big change in their life and change the trajectory of their future forever? Uh, let me tell you a story because I think it'll really help you understand. So I'm, I'm 18, I get kicked out of high school, and I'm in summer school. And my summer school teacher is like, you know what? We're done with you. Here's the diploma. Get out. Let the streets take care of you. Sheesh. And so here I am. I have a 1.1 GPA. I missed 90 days of school. Like, there's nothing legitimate about this diploma he had just handed me. Simultaneously, I got fired from a warehouse job where I'm putting microchips into motherboards for 12 hours a day. And I'm just watching, like, the desperation in people's eyes because they're showing up to this thing they hate every fucking day. And I'm like, great, I just got fired. I got this diploma that doesn't count. I'm now an embarrassment to all my friends. My girlfriend won't hang out with me. Like, it's really a weird moment at 18 and some change. And I'm sitting in my car, and I thought to myself, you're not getting out of this car till you've solved this problem. And the problem in my head was like, okay, well, you're a loser. You suck. You constantly are fucking up. You're destroying your life. Like, what is going on here? And I made a declaration to myself. I was like, I think the solution for all this is money, right? This felt like the most reasonable thing, being evicted multiple times, watching my family's car always get repoed, tons of bills on the desk, like collectors calling the house every single day. And I was like, the solution for money, for poverty, for homelessness, for this abuse, it's money. And so I said, by the time I'm 21, I want to make $100,000 a year legally. And that part was super important because I was like, all right, I've been in handcuffs more times than I can count. I got family in prison for life, literally to this day, and my three childhood best friends have been murdered. And so I knew the path I was going. So I got really good at learning all these skills, getting in these roles. Fast forward a couple of years later, I'm working at a Fortune 10 company. Fortune 10 company, Stephen, no high school diploma, no college education, and I make my first $10,000 in a month the month I turn 21. It's impressive. And then by the time I'm 26, I made almost a million bucks. Now, I want to give you that context so I can tell you the other side of the story. So here I am. I've almost made a million dollars. I'm 26 years old, working for this Fortune 10. I'm 350 pounds, smoking two packs a day, drinking myself to sleep, cheating on my girlfriend. I'm high from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to bed. I'm $50,000 in debt. My car got repoed. And my little brother, I call him one day. He'd been in Afghanistan, did three tours, comes back home. Call him. I go, what's up, man? I didn't talk to this kid in months. He'd been home for months, Steve, and I hadn't said a word to him. He goes, what do you want? You know, vitriol in his voice. And I go, hey, man, I just want to see what's going on. I want to connect with you. How you been? He goes, don't talk to me. You're not my brother. And then in that period, it was like, here's all these rock bottoms, rock bottoms, rock bottoms, and it still wasn't enough. 
So one Saturday morning, I'm laying in bed. It's 11 o'clock in the morning. Keep in mind, dude, I'm 350 fucking pounds. I'm eating chocolate cake, smoking a joint, and watching the CrossFit games. <laughs> it's like, how much lower can this get? And for whatever reason, I pick myself up. I walk in the bathroom. I look at myself in the mirror. And I was like, I am done with this. To your point, on paper, you would look at my life and be like, this dude's really got it going on, right? He's got $80,000 car, smoking hot girlfriend, going to the nicest restaurants, living in the best part of Indianapolis. Like People are like, you've got it together for somebody who came from nothing. Well, actually, in reality, my whole life was garbage. And as I was looking in that mirror, I remembered being like eight years old and the water company had come and turned our water off. Right. I grew up in Indianapolis in America in the greatest fucking country in the world. And we're so poor, our water gets turned off. Imagine that. And so I go in the backyard. I get this little blue bucket, walk across the street to our neighbor's house, and I stole water. And that's a real thing that I did multiple times as a child. And this one particular day, I was like, you know, what? when I grow up, this is not going to be my life. And so the moment this thing, as I'm looking in this mirror, remembering being this child, I made a declaration to myself. I was like, you're going to do something different now. I knew, you know how people, when they're dying, they'll be like, I think I got like six months left. For sure. Dude, I felt like I was going to be dead within a year. Because either I was going to kill myself or someone was going to kill me because of the shit that I was doing. And in that moment, I asked myself a question and it changed my life forever. And it's the same question I ask my clients, same question I ask anybody who's willing to hear it. What are you willing to do to have the life that you want to have? Hmm. And the answer was no excuses, just results. And for 13 years, I've been on this journey that's led to this moment sitting with you. I don't think rock bottom is enough. Because I know people, I'm telling you right now, dude, I've coached thousands and thousands and thousands of people. I don't even know at this point. And the only people whose lives become different are those who decide that they're ready to do what it takes. Mm. Bro, that is a powerful story. A lot to unpack there. Thank you for sharing that decision component because I can relate. For me, I really had to make a shift where I was associating with the wrong people. I didn't have as much adversity as some of the stuff that you had, but I was on a path to fast mediocrity. Mm. You know, I feel like a lot of times, I forget they did a study, but it was something that either super poor people or super successful people growing up in that environment has the best chance of creating long-term success. It's the people that fall in the middle that typically end up as drifting and end up mediocre and average and have so much regret in their life. Because the people with massive pain on one side of the pendulum, they're pushed where they have to figure something out and they have so much pain that naturally we're looking for to relieve that pain. And the successful su successful people have some type of uncle or some type of uh, you know uh, knowledge or lessons that they learned in the household unconsciously that they can use at a, at a high age. It's those middle folk that don't have enough pain to go after what they want and they don't have the guidance that end up stuck. For you, man, you've coached so many people. You've gone through your own personal journey of self-discovery and, and self-development. How much of your upbringing determines your future? And what can people do maybe if they're not happy with their current situation? Shift that by shifting some of their old paradigms from when they were younger. Well, look, I mean, you're, you're spot on. And these studies are accurate to a T. Statistically, success 
in your life is a, is determined more by your zip code than any other factor. I'm telling you right now, like it's incredible when you look at the statistics. I should not be here with you right now. There's a 0.001% chance I've done the math that I should be in this room with you right now having this conversation. Family in prison for life, high school kick out, drop out, whatever, three childhood best friends being murdered. We all grew up in the same neighborhood, right? We, we went through this life together of this chaos of just trying to survive. I mean, dude, I'm selling drugs at 12 years old. That, that's a world people cannot fucking comprehend, right? They don't know what it's like to break into houses when you're 15 and steal cars, you know, just to like help your grandma pay the, the light bill. Mm-hmm. And then she goes into a coma and now you're 17 living by yourself, right? There's all these things. And so one of the things that's, you have to have a sense of desperation, I think. You know what I mean? Like I really think truly you have to be like, man, fuck this. I'm willing to do anything it takes to have a different life. And that anything that it takes, man, like it first, I always tell all my clients, I'm like, if you live in the town you grew up in, leave. 100%. Leave. Get away from all this stuff because you don't know who you are because you're still hanging out with the same people doing the same shit trying to change your life. How's your life going to be different if you're doing the same thing every day, right? And so there's, there's no magic pill to this, right? There's nothing I will ever tell anyone right now who's listening that will change their life. Nothing. And I've coached thousands of people. The only thing that I can tell you with certainty is that your life changes when you make a decision to change your life. And you have to have the willingness to assess it. Now, look, it's different for everybody. If you're good with middle class, you want to live that lifestyle, you have the nine to five, you come home, wife, kids, picket fence, car in a garage, cool. Are you happy? That's it, man. You win the game if you're happy. If you're not, well, what are you going to do about it? Right? Nobody's coming to save you, man. I'm not knocking on your door because your life sucks. I've never picked up the phone to call anybody. Hey, do you want to get coached right now and work through all your bullshit? Right? That doesn't happen. What do you want? Are you willing to go down this path? Are you willing to like, really what it comes down to is be brutally honest with yourself. We lie to ourselves, man, all the time. One of the things I love about like a comparison I get frequently is like me to David Goggins. Yeah. And, and I, get, I get that in a lot of ways. We both grew up in Indiana. We both used to be super fat, blah, blah, blah. He was on a podcast and he's like, yeah, I was fucking fat. I'm like, yes, that's how you solve the problem. You tell the truth. Mm. Stop pretending you're not fat. Stop pretending you're not an alcoholic. Stop pretending that you don't know how to manage money and you're fucking 50 grand in debt. Okay. Are you willing to tell the truth? Because if you can do that, now you have something to move through, right? You, you cannot change what you can't measure. It's impossible. And most people want to lie to themselves. They blame the world. I was too, man. Like I was really good at it. When I was at the lowest of my life, dude, it was always everybody else's fault. Your fault, my family's fault, the community's fault, Obama's fault. Like, dude, it was always like I'm the victim. By all rights, you can be the victim. Life sucks. Mom cut your finger off. You got molested. You got raped. You got abused. You were homeless as a kid. Yeah, fucking sucks, dude. I'm not taking that away from anybody. But what are you going to do about it? Mm. Because you can play that role. You deserve it. Like I'm telling you right now, you deserve to be a victim. Cool. Either be the victim and be okay with living that life and shut up or change everything. We live in the matrix, man. I don't know necessarily literally, but I mean, if if you were in the matrix, you wouldn't actually know. To some degree. Yeah, right? And so it's like, think about some of the greatest things people have ever done in the history of the world. 
People have built airplanes, submarines, been millionaires, lost it all, been millionaires again. They've built amazing families and communities and circles of influence and giant podcasts and they've become great interviewers like you and all these things. I look at life very simply. Did someone do the thing that I want to do? Yes or no? Yeah, okay, cool. If it's within the laws of physics, like I'm not going to be the first dude to breathe in outer space, probably not going to happen, but can I be one of the best speakers in the country? Can I have a giant podcast? Can I be healthy and live life on my terms? Can I look in the mirror and love myself? Yeah, probably. Cool. So what do I have to do? And then it becomes about this declaration of, of self, right? These are the things I'm willing to do to have the life that I want to have. Now are you going to fucking follow through? Mm. Bro, I love that so much. A lot to unpack there. You remind me so much of a Tony Robbins quote that's made a massive impact on my life. He said that the moment that you can take the worst thing that's ever happened to you and the best and turn it into the best thing that's ever happened to you, your life will forever change. Mm -hmm. And it seems like you're able to use your adversity, your challenges, the things that you've gone through, not as a crutch, but actually as something to make you stronger and have that level of vulnerability, compassion with the people that you work for. I look even at my own life, you know, my childhood, everyone goes through some degree of trauma. Obviously, it's different for every single person based on their environment. But for me, I always used to blame my parents, or I used to blame this that happened or this, why I don't have social skills or why I didn't do X, Y, and Z or why I never got this. And it wasn't until I looked at that as actually my strength that I started to be in an empowered state. Because as you know, Michael, working with so many people, the second you go victim, the second you lose power. If you're mm -hmm. blaming the economy, if you're blaming your mom, your dad, the zip code, whatever, regardless if it's true or not, it may not be your fault where you're born, but it's your responsibility to change that. So I love that so much, man. How do you feel like people are able to make that shift, though? Because there's a lot of people listening right now that maybe have had you know, challenges or struggles, or maybe they haven't had the most opportunities like you or me, but they're still holding on to that. They're using that as the alibi, as the excuse, so they don't fragile, uh, they don't hurt their ego on why they're not doing big things. Where does that shift happen in an individual? Yeah, you have to give yourself permission. I mean, really, I, I do truly believe that's what it comes down to is like, can you allow yourself to have the thing that you want, right? Which a lot of it is just, a process of building confidence. Like if you look at the most successful people, there's this really weird thing that is, I think a misnomer, right? They go, that person's arrogant. I go, no, they're not. They believe in themselves and you don't. And so because you don't, you look at them and you go, they're arrogant. Mm. One of the things that I was mentored by Tom Bilyeu for a very long time. In fact, really kind of still am by proxy. But Tom and I were having dinner one night and I had asked him this question because I was trying to understand what it meant. He had talked about this concept of having the arrogance of belief. And I was like, arrogance of belief? When I was a kid, people were like, you're cocky. But I believed I could do certain things. People were like, man, you're kind of an ego guy, aren't you? And I'm like, no, I just, I think I can do this. I really believe it. And so I'm having this conversation with Tom. We're in like Florida or something at some steakhouse. And he's like, you have to believe in yourself to the point that you think you're crazy. And I, and I remember sitting in that and being, being like, yeah, that's true. You have to, because if you don't believe in yourself, who's going to? Nobody, right? Your family and your friends, your, your partner, your kids, they want to support you. They want to love you. They want to see you be successful. But bro, they don't live for you. 
they're not in your head 24-7 having the 60,000 thoughts a day you have. They are a part by proxy of the impact in your life, but ultimately it comes down to you. And so if you're in this position and you're looking at this and you're like, I want to X. I don't give a fuck what it is. I don't think it even matters what it is. You have to reverse engineer it. And you have to simply look at it at the, the, the peak of it all and you go, what is the thing? Do you have clarity enough to lay that out? I'm going to give you a story here again. You mentioned Grant Cardone and I, right? So I got invited to do a speaking competition in front of Grant Cardone and 10,000 people. And there were 10 other people com competing in this competition for a cash investment and the opportunity to get to work with Grant, which is huge. What's interesting about this is a month prior, I never even heard Grant Cardone's name. It was about three and a half years ago. I had no idea who the dude was. I just happened to be funnel hacking um, his book on Facebook because, man, if you ever do Grant Cardone anything, you're going to get murdered in ads. He's the ad G. Nobody's better at ads. Five than emails Grant. a day. Bro, if you're Still lucky, you get 37 <laughs> on a good day, right? And so, and so I, I get the book, 10X Rule, comes to my house, and I felt like I need to read this book. I don't know why I felt called to it. So that night I read the book. I actually fall asleep reading the book. The next morning I wake up, I get the audio, do the whole book in one day. I'm like, shit, does this guy teach seminars? Does this guy like, what is he Tony Robbins? Like, I don't know who he is. GrowthCon's nine days away. GrowthCon Miami 2020. Marlin and, Stadium? No, no, that was 2019, I think. So this one was um, Aventura Hollywood. And so... This is middle of COVID. The flight out there was the singular most expensive flight I've ever purchased because it was like COVID and people were only going to like Miami, Texas, and Vegas, right? So I fly across the country, go there. The first thing I see, dude, is this guy walks past me and goes, his shirt says, don't be a little bitch. And I'm like, what the, f where am I right now? This is insane. Why am I in this room? What am I, do I want to go home. And I'm like, fuck it. Go to the thing. You said you're going to the thing. So I go to the thing. He puts on the screen, hey, if you want an opportunity to get an investment from me, enter this competition. I literally, I want to really parse this out because I want people to understand how to change their life. The amount of belief that you have to have has to make you sit in it and go, I'm kind of crazy right now. He put this up and my first thought, Stephen, was I'm winning that. Mm. Period. No fucking questions asked. Fast forward, I think it's like three weeks later after GrowthCon, I get the opportunity to go on stage and pitch Think Unbroken. As the lead up, we believe we have five minutes to pitch this. It's a very Shark Tank-esque kind of situation. Well, Grant being Grant gets up there and he goes, you know, in real life, you don't get five minutes. You get an elevator. You get 30 seconds. So you see his team kind of freaking out, right? They're like, dude, you're fucking this up. We yeah. told these guys five minutes, blah, blah, blah. And uh, ultimately, they settle on two minutes. You can see the fear in people's eyes, man. And he goes, who wants to go first? Bro, I raise my hand so fucking fast, it comes out of socket. Send it, baby. Because I'm like, look, man, if you ain't first, you're last, right? I really believe that. Like, you got to be willing to go. And you can watch the video. It's on my YouTube. It's all over the internet. When I finish my two minutes, Grant does a mic drop, a literal mic drop. And I look at the other people who are competing with me. Their eyes are glazed over. It's like they just got hit by a fucking train. Because here's what happens in that space of believing in yourself. You replay the experience 10,000 times. That moment, I felt it. I visualized it. I smelled it. I was in it. 
And when they announced my name, I wasn't surprised. Now imagine if you took that concept, if you sat in the belief of love for self. Imagine if you sat in the belief of ability to build a business. Imagine if you sat in the belief of being a great husband or wife and building a family. Or, you know, maybe it's just like looking in the mirror and being okay with the reflection. Imagine if you did that, what you're capable of doing. Most people don't believe in themselves because they haven't had the willingness to step into the unknown of the fear of lack of confidence. That thing that you want to do, you fucking suck at. Period. You have not built the skill yet that has made you good enough. Yet. Right? That key word. People don't want to hear that word. It's like, well, I'm not great at podcasting. Bitch, you ain't even recorded an episode. How are you going to be good? Mm. Right? Uh, you and I, before this, I was sharing, like, I really don't feel like I hit a stride till 200 shows in. Now we're 700. Right? And so when I look at all the elements of life that have led me to success, I believe that I could be a great drug dealer as a kid. Right? I believe that school didn't matter. I didn't put in any energy into it. I believe that when I was 20 years old, I could make 100 grand a year, even though I didn't have the qualifications. And I just started learning the skills. And what happens is you learn the skills, you build confidence. I'm going to close the loop on this. When I started my speaking career over a decade ago, nobody came. Nobody came in the rooms, bro. I had my first event, two people showed up and then four and then six and then eight. And then I started speaking in Thailand and Singapore and Mexico and all over America. And then it was like people started listening to the podcast. And then I got invited to go speak on this show and that show. And I honed the craft. And then I worked with incredible public speakers and, and people like Tim Story and Michael Burr. And I worked and I learned the craft and I paid the dues. And then when the fucking game was on the line, I went and won that shit. Because I believed I could. But it's not enough to believe. And this is why I hate people who are like law of attraction and manifestation. Sit on your fucking couch and manifest all you want. Go do the work and watch your life be different. Mm, mm, mm. Bro, I love this stuff so much. You're firing me up. Belief, confidence, just the essence of just trusting yourself and believing that you truly can accomplish anything you want in life because you can. But... I feel like, Michael, when, when someone's listening to this right now, you know, they, they hear the story of you going up there, absolutely crushing it on that uh, public speaking contest. You just don't wake up and become that type of individual. You just don't wake up and have the conviction energy to go out there and impact other people's lives. That is cultivated through years and years and years of keeping the promises that you made to yourself, doing the little daily disciplines, making sure when you say something, you show up, you're going to do it. Because as Ed Milet talks about in his definition of creating confidence, it's just self-trust. It's keeping the promises that you made to yourself. If you say, hey, I'm going to be somewhere. If I told you, hey, Michael, I'm going to be here and I don't show up, you just lost confidence in me because I didn't follow through with what I was going to say. Most people, they don't take the little commitments they make to themselves seriously. So when the big opportunities come, like being able to speak on stage or like being able to have the opportunity to work with someone massive, they strike out at bat because they haven't created that reputation. How important has it been over your career to just stay consistent to yourself, keep that integrity, and make sure when you say something and you show up, you're consistent and you do it? Yeah, I mean, it's everything, man. And look, full transparency, I'm not always great at it. 
I've made huge mistakes in my life. I mean, even after I started doing the work, like even after I started showing up and getting in shape and reading the books and going to conferences and getting the coach and the mentor and the therapy and the blah, 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 I still fuck up. Dude, I've been out of integrity and I've made mistakes. I've hurt people. I've lied. I've broken down. I've taken everything and I've set it on fire and I've just rebuilt it because life is iterative. And it's this process of like, okay, I failed here, but what did I learn? And I think that's the thing that people are most afraid of. They're afraid that they're going to fail. You are. Bro, you, are, you just are. Like there's no two ways about it. But if you're willing to just go through the process and bring in the data and learn from those failures, you're going to strengthen yourself. That commitment to you, what happens, it's the same, like it's the gym thing, right? July or January 1st, everybody goes to the gym. Okay, cool. Who gives a fuck, dude? Go to the gym on September 3rd. Mm. Start today. Start where you don't need to wait. If you fall off, cool, get back on. And in fact, I would argue with you, the most important time that you actually need to be the most hard on yourself is when life sucks the most, is when you're at rock bottom, is when you're like, man, my life's a disaster. I'm fucking in debt. I cheated on my wife. My, my kids won't talk to me. Uh, the repo guy's coming for the car. Perfect. That's the best time to change your life. Yeah. Where else are you going to go from here? the bottom is going to, you can bottom even further than you know if you're not paying attention. Sometimes you need that though, right? And I think that if you can get to this place of recognizing that the showing up for yourself every day in the little moments is about building trust with yourself. It's about loving yourself. It's about honoring yourself. But most importantly, man, it's about reparenting yourself. Mm. Most people don't understand the concept of responsibility, discipline, and accountability. Those words scare them because it's really easy to fuck up your life. You know this. I know this, right? I can, I can fuck up my life today, actually. I can go do it probably in five minutes, right? Yeah. It's really simple. Yeah. Take a shot, a couple shots, yeah. drink and drive, over like that, right? Yeah. Potentially. Dude, I, I, saw the, I saw this devastating clip on... Uh, TikTok yesterday, it was this guy in handcuffs at the police station who was just coming back to being sober after a night drinking. He thought he hit a fire hydrant. He hit a car and killed a person. He was 19, about to graduate high school or graduate college. That one decision has impacted and changed his life forever. Committing to your integrity, to your goals, your mission, your vision, and your values is the hardest thing that you do. No question. And when it's on the line, it's really easy to not do that, right? The temptations of the world. It's really easy to sleep in instead of go to the gym. And I'm not one of these guys who's like, push yourself until you die. Like, fuck that, man. I just came back from a week of vacation, right? I was chilling. I was gone in the middle of Joshua Tree. You couldn't find me if you wanted to. I'm not about that hustle life culture. I work my fucking face off, don't get me wrong. But I take the space and the time to do me. And it's about the know thyself. Mm. Know thyself. Are you willing to know who you are? Right? Because that space in which you're not showing up, you got to start asking yourself, why? Why don't I show up for myself today? Well, if you start rewinding it, you look back and you go back real far. You'll start to find these little small moments of your developmental years in which you learned it was okay to not show up for yourself through what you witnessed other people do. 
right? When you're a child and you are making meaning of all the situations and experiences of life, what's happening is you're starting to create framing for all of these things. Remember that time mom didn't come to the event, right? Remember that time that the teacher said that they were going to follow through and they didn't? Remember that time that your dad was like, I'll be at the game and he didn't show up, right? Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden you're like, wait a second. If these people don't show up for me, that must mean it's okay. I'm not that important. I don't matter. I'm not worthy. So why would I show up for myself? And so now you're actually doing the same thing that they did to you because you believe that that is the language and the communication for love. So I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to be the person who shows up for me because they didn't show up for me and that taught me it was okay. Mm. And then so now it becomes this process of recognizing like your parents probably failed you. Your community probably failed you. The system probably failed you. Cool. Acknowledge it. It's okay. Can't change it. It's done. Passes over. Let's move forward. So what do you do now that you're moving forward? Well, now you have to say, well, do I love myself? Okay, well, how much do you love yourself? Maybe today it's 2%. And maybe 2% is the most you've ever loved yourself in your whole life. And it's terrifying because you don't know what it is. But you say, what if I could love myself 10%? And 10% is today I'm not going to smoke a cigarette. Maybe it's I'm not going to smoke a cigarette this hour, right? And you start this process. And it starts to build. And it builds the confidence. And then what happens is you kind of like tip over and you're on the other side of it. And you go, actually what it is is now I'm living my life in alignment with my mission, my vision, my values, my moral character, and my integrity. Because I have decided the person that I want to be based on the information and data that I have today, not who I was as a child. And the number one fucking thing you need to understand if you want your life to be different is that you are not a child anymore. Man. Guys, I hope you're listening, taking notes, rewinding. This is some powerful stuff, some powerful stuff. The journey of inner work, man, I feel like that's what it really comes down to. The journey of inner work, it wasn't until I got sick and tired of being sick and tired and realized that it doesn't matter what's going on in my outer world. It doesn't matter what's going on in my circumstances. I have full control over my inner world. And when you start focusing inwards and you start changing, the things around you start to change. How do you feel like people can start that inner journey? I feel like right now there's a culture to an extent of personal development, and we live in the 21st century where there's an abundance of information, you know, almost information overload, you know, analysis paralysis. There's so much content and information, but it seems like there's not many people doing the inner work to really create that fundamental change in their life because that's where it all starts. I imagine you agree with me. It starts with you. It starts with making sure you have a strong foundation for your life and you love yourself to your point and you are aligned and in tune with who you are. Then you can start stacking the external you know, results and world. But how do people start that in a world of so much information and confusion where a lot of people seem lost? Yeah, dude, I, I think you're spot on. And there's a lot of people who are just talking to talk. Like if you go look at what happened during COVID, suddenly there were 8 million like trauma coaches, right? <laughs> I'll tell you this. I did not sign up for this fucking job. I don't want this job. I don't want to do this. Not a day in my life was I ever like, you know, it'd be great. Let me talk about the getting fucked up as a kid every yeah. day, right? That, that wasn't the plan. And if you go look at it, there was this really interesting thing that happened. Suddenly, everyone's laid off and everyone's at home and the government's giving you money and now everybody and their mom's a fucking coach. 
respect. Look, at the end of the day, it's conversations we need to have. But today, 95% of those people are gone, right? And so you look at it and you go, okay, well, if all the people are gone, were they actually serious about the game, right? Probably not. It was it was a moment. It was a fat. It was like pogs. Remember sure. your kid? You had pogs, and then you had fucking fidget spinners, and then you had like whatever. It's yep. fat, right? And so my thought about it is, the most important thing that you can do is find out whether or not you're in alignment with the person you're listening to. What are their values? What is their mission? What is their vision? How how do they live integrity? Right? Are they showing up? Are they following through? Are they doing the shit that they say they're doing? Or are they just saying it? Because a lot of people have big fucking mouths. And a lot of people don't follow through. And so it's like you've got to be willing to like actually be critical of people. And I think we live in a weird society where that's frowned upon, where it's like, don't be critical. Everybody's perfect the way. No, they're not. Do you fucking suck? But that's okay. Because guess what? If you suck today, you'll suck less tomorrow. And then in a while, you won't suck at all. Right. But you have to be willing. You cannot tell me at 25 when I called my little brother and he said, never talk to me again, that I did not suck acknowledge fucking truth. And then as I moved to Vegas recently, you and I talked about, do you know who was in the truck next to me on the two-day drive? That same little brother, mm. right? Because I sucked. Now I suck less, <laughs> right? And so when you're looking at these people and you're trying to assess who you should work with, who you should learn from, who you should listen to, who you should consume, it's like, is their money where their mouth is? That's the most important thing. Are they showing up? Are they doing the thing? Anybody can make an online course. We could make one right now in fucking 30 minutes. Yeah. Right? And be like, this is the course. I would make a million dollars. Like, yeah, you're not making a million dollars in 30 minutes. Shut the fuck up. We both know that, right? But people are good marketers. They're good salespeople. You have to be a good marketer and a good salesperson if you want to make money. That's how the world works. If we were offering gummy bears as currency, you and I would find a way to get gummy bears, right? Right. That ain't the world we live in. It's called money. That's what we operate with. And so as you're looking at these people, it's like, can you get to the place that you trust your gut? And here's what I mean by that. I'm going to ask you a question. I know it's your show, but very simple. Yes or no? Shoot. Have you ever one time in your life said, ah, I knew I should have trusted my brain? No. Exactly. No one ever does. Never. But how many times have you said, ah, I knew I should have trusted my gut? All the time. Millions. That thing, that part is about understanding how to be present and within yourself. You trust your gut. You are never wrong. Never. Especially about the people you're in connection with. Right? You and I, we connected. There was something there. Right? You go, man, this, my gut tells me this dude's a good dude. Vice versa. Or I wouldn't be here. Right? And so when you're around those people and you're like, something about this dude's off. You, I can't place it. Something about this girl, something about this person I'm dating, it's off. Why are you ignoring that? Your, your gut has been, from evolution standpoint, it has been built and created to help you survive. Like this intuition, this feeling of self. When you trust your brain, you lose every single time. And I've, dude, I've interviewed some of the greatest minds in the world, Dr. Gabor Mate, Dr. Caroline Leaf, Dr. Meryl Bouquet. I've interviewed everybody in the fucking personal development world. We all agree, your brain's a liar. So why are you trying to assess the people you should be in connection with based on a meaning-making machine that's built on survival, right? The brain is only looking to make meaning of its environment to determine whether or not you're gonna live long enough to procreate and watch your procreations procreate. Yeah. That's it. 
So why are you listening to this dumb animal brain that actually really doesn't bring a lot of value into the day-to-day interaction? Of course, it helps you regulate and breathe and sleep and all that stuff. Sure, of course, we know this. But in the moments when you're like, should I work with this person? And you get in the analytical side instead of the emotional side, the real like feeling out that moment, you're probably going to end up working with somebody who's a liar. Because you already lied to yourself by believing that they could help you and going against your instincts because you don't trust yourself. Mm. Man, so good. I look back at my own life and the biggest shifts, the biggest improvements, the biggest trajectories that I've been able to create has been from not listening to my mind, not listening to the people around me, not listening to my current circumstances, but trusting my intuition, silencing the noise and just getting in tune with yourself. And it's work and it takes time, especially in a society where we're bogged down with so much stimulus and so much information. You have to seek that solitude. You have to seek that self-care or else when those big decisions come, you're not going to be as in tuned in order to navigate the way that you're supposed to. Yeah. And you made a really good point about solitude. Like, if you really want to figure out who you are, spend some time alone. Yeah. Put that phone down. Get off of YouTube. Like, whatever you do, just be alone for a minute. Find out who you are. Absolutely, man. Michael, do you believe in depression? Or do you think it's something that is crafted by society and it's a label? Um, I think life sucks sometimes, dude. I think life really gets very difficult at times. Um, I'm not a doctor. I'm not here to say whether or not, you know, depression is real or not. I'm just saying I've had moments in my life where I'm like, I'm ready to kill myself. That's just truth. Now, I don't have those moments anymore. I've done a lot of work around it. I think that, unfortunately, when you live in a company, in a country in which, you know, pharmaceuticals are driven down your throat like air, it's almost impossible not to find an ailment with yourself. Mm. Every commercial, every TV. I watched a television show on Hulu recently, and I, I like, I didn't pay to take the commercials off because I was like, I don't even know if I want to watch this show. Yeah. And, like, within the half hour of that show, there were five pharmaceutical commercials. Yeah, you're, there's something probably wrong with you because you keep getting this indoctrinated into your head that's something wrong. Now, do we have chemical imbalances? Yeah, of course we do. Everybody's different. You know, I have people that, I, that I've coached that they take pharmaceuticals, and that intervention has helped them tremendously. But then I have to ask the question also, because I think they're a last resort, right? I, I believe they should be. And I'm biased also. I watch my mother OD and die off Oxycontin, all right? I fucking hate prescription drugs that are not medically necessary. I don't think most SSRIs are, right? If you've been on an SSRI for 15 years, motherfucker, that shit ain't working. Why are you still taking this? Why are you still doing it? I'm depressed. No, you're not. Are you going to the gym? Are you getting sunlight? Are you sleeping well? How many coffees did you have today? Are you having intimacy with your partner? Are you with friends? Are you watching television all day? Are you just smoking cigarettes? Like, what are you doing? Depression wasn't even a thing before like a hundred years ago. Mm. Neither was anxiety. I'm not saying those things don't exist. I've had panic attacks. Like when I was like 26, 28, 29, I was having like three, four a day. Like it was bad. But guess what I wasn't doing? Wasn't working out. I was drinking all the time, smoking cigarettes, eating frozen pizzas like it was my fucking job. Yeah. Right? Uh, eating donuts for breakfast. Like, Okay. Maybe you're having a biological experience right now. Your body is saying, hey, fuck face, why don't you stop putting poison in me? I'm going to make you feel really bad until you stop. 
And then what happens is the salve becomes take the drug. You see this in weight loss right now too. The next miracle weight loss thing is here. Yeah. It's also called diet and exercise. Maybe eat less, move more. But people want the shortcut, right? And so the shortcut is let me do this thing over here. Now, I will say this, full transparency, at 30, I tried antidepressants because I was like, okay, maybe this is chemical. My mom was bipolar. My grandma was bipolar, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to try this. Dude, I had never felt more numb in my life ever. Four days in, I was like, nope, fuck this. I will suffer through the discomfort of getting out of this space. And I did. I changed my lifestyle. I changed my diet. I changed my activity as I changed my community. I changed my friends. I changed everything. I'm not depressed. Have I been? Sure. Yeah. Life's fucking hard, bro. But like, what are you doing? What role are you playing? Can we stop pretending like we don't have a role in this? I'm not saying everyone. I'm, I'm going to get a fucking email. I already know. I'm going to get canceled again because last time I got canceled because I was saying this shit. Yeah. I swear to God. And it's like, maybe just fucking take Speaking care truth. of yourself. Maybe just take, I dare you to love yourself enough to take care of yourself. I fucking dare you, coward. It's powerful, man. It's powerful. Uh, you're 100% right, man. And I think most of society, most of at least millennials and younger people, they're waking up to this. They're waking up to you know, all the, the system and the food that they're eating and the lifestyle that they create. Because at the end of the day, at least for me, I look at my parents, I look at my cousins, I look at my aunts, I look at the lifestyle that the generation had before me, not everyone, but the people in my direct lights. And I realize I do not want to be like them. I do not want to go that route. They were great parents. They could teach me how to create love. They could teach me how to create you know, awesome, awesome dad, awesome mom, but they can't teach me how to live a happy and fulfilled life. Mm -hmm. Therefore, they're teaching me not what to do. And I feel like our generation specifically is starting to become a lot more aware because of social media and because of the information age that, hey, if you're feeling some type of way, maybe it's because you're not doing the things that you're supposed to do. Maybe you're not listening to that internal guidance system we have called our gut and intuition. Therefore, it's telling us, yo, maybe I shouldn't go this way anymore. And forcing us to go a different route and different direction. Now, Michael, when it comes to self-talk, because in my experience, all of this comes down to the things that you tell yourself, right? We have, you know, the, the person we have the most conversations with every single day is ourselves, 60, 70,000 thoughts. How do you, I don't want to use the word control, but how do you navigate your self-talk to make sure that it's something that is healthy, conducive, and prominent to your life and not allow yourself to go into your conditional behavior of worry, doubt, and depression most of the time because no one's perfect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're gonna have you're gonna have like intrusive thoughts. You're gonna have these moments. Like, I mean, it's so dumb, dude. Like, you're driving. Look, I'm just I'm always gonna be just straight up. Like, driving on the car. I'm like, hmm. I wonder what happened if I drive off this bridge right now. <laughs> you know, it's just the weirdest shit. Sure. And like, it's not even intentional. I don't want to kill myself. Like, that's never going to happen, right? And and I look at it and I go, where does this even come? Why? Why am I having this insane thought, right? And, you know, I think that's just part of the human experience. What I do think you can control, though, is how you talk to yourself, right? The things that pop in randomly, the most weird shit, you're like, oh, where did that come from, man? I'm like, what? But the way you talk to yourself and the nuance and the small, minute moments of the day-to-day, that's the thing that I think matters the most, right? People always talk about mindset in my industry, like mindset, mindset, mindset. But they don't ever really tell you what it is. So here, here's my interpretation of it. Mindset is very simple. What you think becomes what you speak. 
What you speak become your actions. Your actions become your reality. And some of you are being so mean to yourself. If you said it to me, I'd punch you in the fucking face. <laughs> right? Yeah. For real. And you're expecting to be successful. There's a massive disconnect here. Like you beat yourself up over being three minutes late. You beat yourself up over the spilled milk. You beat yourself up because you didn't hit the goal. But it's not healthy, right? There's a healthy way to like push yourself forward, right? And I think a lot of that comes down in the conversation in your head. Hey, show up, motherfucker. Do the thing you said you're going to do. Not, you're a piece of shit loser. You never fucking do what you say. No wonder you're single and your fucking family doesn't like you and you're dead broke because you suck. That, there's a very big difference between those two things. That juxtaposition is gigantic. Sure. There's a big difference between pulling yourself forward and pushing yourself down. And so if you can start just in the little moments, and look, I'll, I'll be honest, I, affirmations don't work for me. It's not what I come from. It's not my language. It's like, I can't sit and be like, I'm the greatest person of all time. I'm happy, I'm happy, I'm happy. Fuck a man. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, that doesn't work for me. What works for me is, hey, you're not keeping the fucking promise you made yourself. Get your shit together. Let's go. Right? I think there's a space for that. But it's never, you suck. You're a loser. You're a piece of shit. You don't matter. No wonder you can't. Be careful with the words you use. People will be like, I always have this happen to me. Do you, though? This, uh, this is my life. Of course, I deserve. Um, do you? Maybe. I don't know. But maybe you don't. Maybe you just need to reframe. Mm. Maybe you need to just understand that there's a dichotomy here that you're not wrapping your head around because you've been indoctrinated to believe that your worth is based on these things that are arbitrary and probably don't even matter. So many of us are hold ourselves to this accord that's impossible to reach. You and I know many, many, many successful, rich, famous people. Some of them are the most miserable people on planet fucking Earth, mm -hmm. period. You and I know them. We won't mention them, but we know them. And then we know other people who they're doing well, they're content, they're building the life, they love themselves, they show up. On both sides of this, these people are having conversations in their head. And the conversation, if you're really paying attention, should be not only necessarily uplifting, but it should be affirming. Can you give yourself your flowers? One of the great, I'll go back to Grant again real quick, not to make this a Grant conversation, but one of the most important things that I remember him ever telling me He's like, dude, sometimes you got to give your, you, sometimes you have to take the flowers that are given to you. Cause like, I'm hype, dude. I'm like, I move quick. I'm like, let's go to the next thing. And what that meant is like, can you celebrate yourself Yeah. for five minutes? One of the things that I probably have struggled with historically the most, right? Cause I'm like, I got these big goals. I got these big dreams. Let me move forward. And in the pause, going back to the solitude and the silence, in the pause, you can create the space to have a different level of conversation with yourself. You can change the nomenclature of how it is that you've existed, but you've got to kind of rewind this. Again, this goes to the reparenting thing. Why do you not give yourself accolades? Why do you not cheer for yourself? Why do you not love yourself? Why do you beat yourself up? Why do you hurt yourself? Why do you lie to yourself? Why do you take from yourself? You ask yourself why, you go down that rabbit hole of why, you'll find the solution, hmm. right? And as you find that solution and you change the narrative, especially around the language that you use, which this is why I'm a writer first. Like, do I have a podcast? Yeah. But like, I, I write first. Do I coach? Yeah, but I'm a writer. For, I've always been that, whether it's my journal or public. Like, I'm always trying to assess and understand. So if you're beating yourself up every day, I dare you to go get a journal and sit down in silence and start writing. Today I beat myself up, but I don't understand why. And just start going. Peel back the onion. And just see what's in there. 
See what's in there because what will happen is you'll rewind to third grade and you're in Miss Smith's class and you're like coloring this house and Miss Smith comes up to you and you had just made the moon purple. She puts her hand on your shoulder. She goes, the moon's not purple, silly. And the whole class laughs at you. And in that moment, that comes the foundational set point for everything forward. Oh, why did I draw the moon purple? So fucking dumb. They all laugh at me. I'm a loser. I'm never going to be successful. I'm never going to create again. I got ostracized. And then if you can name that, well, now you can do something about it. Yeah, man. You have to bring conscious, your unprogrammed conscious consciousness or beliefs or else they're going to just run wild. You know, most of the things that we go through throughout life, our thoughts, our beliefs, our value, we're programmed from an early age, consciously or unconsciously, from the people that we looked up to at a young age. And if we don't bring those unconscious thoughts conscious and figure out where that came from, they're going to run your life, and most of the time, they're not a super positive, conducive thought for the goals and the things that you want to accomplish. So I think that activity is super powerful, man. Michael, let's talk about one of your expertises that aren't necessarily super popular to talk about, but trauma. Um, I know that's what you're known for. I know that's the space that you're in. You help you know people deal with it, but not just deal with it, but reprogram it and change the relationship to it to actually empower them and not disempower them. What does trauma have to do with identity and how can people shift trauma to change the story to move forward in their life? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the whole game, right? I mean, it's the most difficult thing that you do because some a lot of this conversation is built around that, right? How much are you and have you been indoctrinated into this concept and idea based and frameworked in the experiences that you had in youth? Everything. Everything. Literally everything. And people want to be dismissive of that. Like one of the really dangerous things that that I used to do, which I was really, really good at, is people would be like, dude, you're shut down. You're a recluse. You're emotionless. You're a fucking asshole. I'm like, that's just how I am. Yeah. Right? Most dangerous sentence in the human language, mm. regardless of language. That's just how I am. Ultimate fixed mindset. But it gets stuck in you, right? You get programmed. Dude, I didn't cry for 15 years. My best friend got murdered, my first one. My grandma died. My mom died. I went through hell in a relationship. Not a fucking tear. Not a single emotional response to the experience. My stepdad literally beat it out of me. Like violence that I don't even want to talk about because I don't know that it helps anyone. But what came from that is I learned how to shut off entirely emotionally. Okay, well, let's look at life. You're looking at your life, your, your wife, your girlfriend, your, your husband, your family, your coworkers, the people around you. They're pointing at you and they're saying, Stephen, you're always shut down. You explode at the littlest things. You're always freaking out. You can't ever have a comprehensive and, and controlled conversation. You're off the deep end. We're going to let you go. We talked about this. You're in anger management. Dude, you're here again? We just had you here three months ago. Oh, you crashed your car again? You got road rage? You flipped somebody off? Oh, you killed someone? Wow. You got a lot of repressed shit happening inside of you. All right. Well, where does that come from? Nothing. Nowhere. I'm fine. It's just how I am. You're a fucking liar. The reason that you're that way is because of the pain that you've been through. 
because of the indoctrination, whether it's covert or overt. It's because of the subliminal thoughts that have been programmed into you because of your parents, the media, television. It's because of Miss Smith's class. It's because of the autonomic response to stressor that builds survival mechanisms in you because of the pain that you've been through. Because when your dad and your stepdad and your mom and your community and the people that were supposed to protect you didn't, your brain said, I need to assess this and then create these frameworks for safety. Mm. What keeps me safe? Being shut down completely and utterly. Because then no one can get hurt in. Because my physical body might feel pain, but my mental, emotional self will not. Because that's safety. Cool. Well, guess what? At what point does it stop serving you? You got fired again, another breakup, another divorce, kids won't talk to you, in debt, crippling, suffering pain that you're hiding in drugs and alcohol, porn and sex, video games, gambling, driving 100 miles an hour on the highway, getting in fights with strangers in the streets, not paying your bills. You sure you're fine? You sure that's just how you are? Or maybe it's something that happened to you fucking 40 years ago that you haven't worked through. Mm. And you want to become this person identity, right? So here you are today, right? They're like, ah, oh, this is me. But I, I think I can be this over here, this completely other element of a human being. Well, in between those two is a gap. And that gap is all the skills and healing and growth and change and love and compassion and joy and hope and feeling the emotions and learning to cry and all the shit that comes along with the journey. Well, are you going to take the first step or not? Because if you are going to be, well, that's just who I am, guy, I can't help you. Nobody else can. Good luck dying with regret because that's what's going to happen. Because you're going to look back on your life and you're going to be like, I wish I would have. But if you take that first step and like you come along the journey, and maybe I'm not your guy, right? Maybe it's somebody else. Maybe you need a Tony or a Grant or a Marie Forleo or Mel Robbins or fuck, I don't know, whoever it is that you need. You know, maybe it's an E.T., the hip-hop preacher. Maybe it's, you know, I don't know, man. It's whoever you need. Maybe it's my boy A.T. Anthony Trucks. I don't know, right? Whoever it is, can you reach your hand out and say, I need help and stop being a fucking coward? It's so, Stephen, it's okay to be scared. Bro, I'm scared all the time. All the time, man. But it's not okay to be a coward. And so if you're willing to step on the path and follow through and invest in yourself, and it's going to be time, effort, energy, or money, probably all four, yep. right? And, and if you don't have the money, well, you got the time, you got the effort, you got the energy. You give me a reason why you can't, I'll find 100 while you can. And if you're willing to walk down the path and have the support and build a community and do the fucking work and show up and go to therapy and read the books and go to seminars and listen to the podcast and have the coach and change your life and follow through and keep your commitment to yourself on a long enough timeline, which is not going to be tomorrow, on a long enough timeline, your life will be different. And thus, you will close that gap and become the person you're capable of being. Mm, 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 mm. Guys, so good. The inner work, man, that's really what it, what it comes down to. I feel like we're so conditioned to be working hard on our job, as Jim Rohn says, right? You work hard on your job, you'll make a living. If you work hard on yourself, you'll make a fortune. It's that inner work. But for some reason, our society is so conditioned to be so external and to focus on all the things that don't really matter at the end of the day because you bring yourself wherever you go. You know, if you can work on yourself like a Michael, like a Steven, like a lot of the people listening to this podcast, it doesn't matter what you do, what relationship you go to, what state you move to, what industry uh, you pivot to, you bring yourself wherever you go. So why not invest in the most precious piece of investment in your life, which is yourself, man? Word. 
A um, couple more questions, man. This is so good, but we got to wrap up here yep. soon. Let's talk about communication a little bit, man. You obviously bring a lot of fire. You have a lot of depth. You have a powerful story and a powerful foundation to pull pain from and turn it into truth for so many people. How have you cultivated uh, your communication skills and your ability to articulate at such a high level? Yeah, um, I never stop talking. Like, <laughs> I, I will say this. I'm, I am actually an introvert, believe it or not. Um, as an emotional recluse as a kid, I was back at the class, leave me alone, don't talk to me. I've always been an introvert. This is a skill, right? Skills have utility. And, it, and so it was just this process of realizing, like, what do I want to be able to communicate? How do I do it effectively? And as I was mentioning, you know, I didn't really hit a stride on the podcast for you know, 200 episodes. I didn't hit a stride as a public speaker for seven years, mm. right? And so it's like just – it's about that iterative process and keep showing up. But I had clarity about knowing the message, right? And if I distill it down, it's like can I help people transform trauma to triumph? That's it. That's the whole thing. And so however I get there, you know, there's a lot of different ways, but it's really about just every single day showing up, having the conversation. I mean, there was a period of time, I think three or four years ago, where I went live on Instagram like ad nauseum three, four, five times a day, right? And and it's something I still do less frequently, but something I still do since we have the pod and, you know, groups and all that stuff. Yep. And I think communication is really just simply a practice. Most people are like, you know, I, I got on <laughs> Facebook Live once and nobody bought my program. I'm like, okay, yeah. <laughs> why don't you do it about 500 times a year? See what happens. 100%, man. You got to practice the trade. Michael, you've been amazing, bro. Adding so much value, fire, so much depth uh, to this conversation. So super appreciative of you being on. My last question for you, if you could go back, what, over a decade now to 250-pound Michael, overweight, not align with his values, not align with morals, and have that person tell you some of, have this person tell that individual some advice to fast track your road to who you are today, what would that be? Nothing, because it wouldn't have mattered. Here's why. You have to be open to receive, and I wasn't. And that's the thing I always tell everyone, you know, if like whether you come into a coaching program with us or read a book or listen to the pod, if you're not in this space where you are ready, it doesn't fucking matter what I have to say. Mm. When the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Yep, truth. Bro, you're a stud. Where uh, where can viewers find you, tune in, get some of this content? Yeah, dude, I'm everywhere at Michael Unbroken on social. And if you go to thinkunbroken.com, um, I actually coach anyone for free anytime around the world. You just got to get on the calendar. Just go to thinkunbroken.com. I'm definitely going to sign up for that, man. Please do. Appreciate you having me on, having you on, bro. Yeah, man. Pleasure. Likewise.